Thank you all for making Locked on Spartans your first listen every single day, free and available on all platforms. On today's episode, we break down the Rutgers Scarlet Knights with Aaron Brightman of On the Banks. Yes, Rutgers SB Nation fan blog. And that's after uh, two quick mailbag questions. Let's go. You are Locked on Spartans, your daily podcast on the Michigan State Spartans. Part of the Locked on Podcast Network, your team every day. Happy Thursday, October 7th, everyone, and uh, hopefully you're already enjoying this episode, unlike the cricket chirping right outside my window right now. Uh, wow, did not think I'd have a heckler tonight, but hey, here we are. Uh, yes, yeah, so like I said, today is October 7th. It is Thursday. We got two more days until Rutgers takes on Michigan State at noon in Piscataway, New Jersey. And yeah, we will be breaking down that game here for segments two and three with Aaron Brightman of On the Banks. Uh, I really had a good conversation with him, getting to know what uh, the Rutgers football program is all about. And yeah, just kind of how their season started so far and what to expect coming up this Saturday. But first, we will have some mailbag questions. One came on Twitter. You can find me at Sheehan underscore sports. The other one came from email at LockedOnSpartans at gmail.com. Yes, this is the Locked on Spartans podcast, and oh yeah, you know what I'm going to say next. We do this every single weekday, that's right, five days a week, Monday through Friday, here on the Locked on Podcast Network. Uh, make sure you rate, review, and subscribe to the podcast. And yeah, before going any further, getting into these questions, guys, I just want to once again thank you for making Locked on Spartans your first listen, or your lunchtime listen, or your dinnertime listen, or the... This is the podcast I put on as I fall asleep. Listen, uh, hey, any any way you're listening to this podcast, I just wanted to take a little bit and thank you from the bottom of my heart, my my bleeding green and white heart. Uh, thanks a lot. So, hey, uh, enough of the uh, enough of the babbling, huh? Let's get to the questions here. So, let's actually uh, before I get to either of these questions, the the, the reason two reasons I'm going to be doing these questions is one, I, I was asked these today, which is great, topical, timely. Uh, number two. Want to answer these questions before we run out of time to answer them? I'm not sure how much longer these scenarios will make sense for. So let's get it in here before MSU hits the road uh, to Rutgers. This one is from Jaron over email. Uh, morning, Sheehan. Top of the morning to you, Jaron. Uh, I'm super pumped for this season's MSU versus U of M game. It's shaping up to be a good one. I've got a fill in the blank for you. This year's rivalry game will be the most hyped in this series since blank. When do you think the last time was we had a game where both teams were this good? And I, one immediately pops into mind, and the more I think about it, I think the more appropriate it is. And it's, yeah, it's a game we all love to think about. It's the 2015, whoa, we have trouble with the snap and the buzz. You know the rest. Uh, it's got to be the 2015 game. And the, the parallels between... The two games are a little interesting, but reverse for both teams. And what I mean by that is 2015 was a year. Okay, one team, the the home team, has a a new up-and-coming coach, has gotten some eyes on him. He's got the program playing a a little better than it has in the past, but here he is trying to take down the visitors uh, that have a pretty established head coach. He's been there for eight years, has a really solid tenure, and wow, would you you look at that? Both teams are, are ranked pretty high, huh? Okay, we got a 12 versus 7 match going on, both in the top 15. That is that is not a far cry at all from what could happen here, October 30th in East Lansing. The home team, Mel Tucker, that's right, new up-and-coming coach. 
Yes, in his second year, not like Harbaugh's first year, but it's definitely got people turning their eyes towards the program, being like, "Oh snap!" Now this guy has uh, this guy has Michigan State where they should be, kind of nice little solid bounce back here from where they have been in years past. And the away team that they'll be trying to take down, uh, yeah, it's it's year seven of Harbaugh's tenure, established. But let, let's not get it twisted. I'm not saying it's as established as D'Antonio's was back in 2015. But yeah, it's it, there's a lot of parallels here. Just you'll flip of the script. And yeah, I mean, I, I think both teams could still be in the top 15. Whether U of M gets clipped by Nebraska, that they aren't, they've got a better shot of losing their bye week than they've got losing the game to Northwestern. Let's just get that out of the way. Or even if MSU drops a game here coming up against Rutgers or Indiana, they, they would be on the fringe top 15, I think, depending, you know, other teams in the country, how they shake out. But yeah, that that's the most similar matchup I can think here for if, you know, both teams are going to be undefeated going into the game, or even if they're not. Like, that is that, that screams parallels to 2015. Other than that, though, um, 2011 rings a bell, no doubt. Wolverines came in undefeated. Michigan State uh, just had one loss. They got slapped around by Notre Dame earlier that season, but that, that was a great game at Spartan Stadium, so there's some parallels right there. Number 23 MSU against number 11 Michigan, and of course, who can forget the I mean, <laughs> 2013 game, too. And, you know, it, that goes without saying. Both teams are still in the top 25. MSU, even though they walked into that game 7-1, and one, still only ranked 22. The rest of the nation learned very shortly after this game that, no, that's a top 5 team. And Michigan came into that game ranked 21. So, yeah, it's it first place far and beyond uh, the 2015 game, the Jalen Watts-Jackson game, and then... Yeah, the the 2011-2013 games right there. I mean, it's yeah, they're they're both recent memory, but I, I you know I think it makes sense. I don't think I uh, have recency bias here. I think it's just how it is. <sighs> Speaking of bias, MSU bias. Let's uh let's get into this tweet from my guy Evan here. Love this. Uh, hey Matt, longtime podcast listener. Thank you so much. I really appreciate it. He says a bunch of other kind words that um I, I won't bore, uh, spare you with or I won't bore you with because. How fun is that for you to listen to? It's fun for me to read. Not fun for you to listen to. All right, here we go. Buckle up for this one. Do you think this is a team that has a legitimate shot to be an indie come December? <gasps> Continued. I know we have question marks, cornerbacks, offensive line play at times, but I just get Rose Bowl 2013 vibes with this team, man. Oh, yeah, Evan. Hell, yeah. Let's go. Full buy into the system. Mel is preaching lunch pail mentality, baby. What are your thoughts? My thoughts, first and foremost, is love your energy, man. That's what I'm talking about. Um, no doubt that, yeah, lunch pail mentality. Zero question about that. But, oh, God, I don't want to end, like, the first segment and follow up such a great, like, high-spirited question with the Debbie Downer answer. But let me... um. Let, let me let me just get that out of the way, and then I'll probably try to make it a little happier here uh, at the end. I don't apologize for wins. I don't um, I don't buy into the whole MSU stole that win against Nebraska. I mean, this is what Graham Couch talked about earlier this week, and I align one hundred percent with him on it. No, like a football outcome is predicated on what happens in the sixty minutes that the game is allotted, the plays you do make, the plays you don't make. Just because Nebraska gave Jaden Reed a highway to the end zone on the punt return and then promptly turned the ball over in overtime and then let Kenneth Walker rip off a 24-yard, like, no, that, that that's just MSU making plays and Nebraska not. Like, that's just, that, that, that's how it goes in football. With that said, and I bring this up because I, I'll, I'll get to it in a little bit. 
my thesis is that it, it has not been a murderer's row necessarily of teams Michigan State has played this year. Yes, they are a good team. I indie good though. Oh man. And why I bring that up is because the, the first half of the schedule is a completely different story than what the second half of the schedule is going to be. You still have to play. Even Rutgers and Indiana, both are on the road. Both can snake bite you. Yes, Rutgers is Rutgers. Yes, Indiana will, by all accounts, be missing Michael Penix. But at Michigan, no slouch this year. Then you go back on the road to Purdue. Maryland can either score 63 on you or 6 on you. Just depends if they want to get off the bus that given day or not. And, and here's the here's really the the, uh, the the punchline here. You remember the the glory days the last few years when MSU would just end their season with the old Maryland Rutgers back to back. Oh, that was fun. God, that was great. MSU needs a win in the last two games to get to bowl eligibility. Oh, well, two cupcakes on the schedule. Let's just get it popping. Boy, howdy, uh, has it reversed this year as you finish with Ohio State and then Penn State. And that's right, that's that's Ohio State down at their stadium. So, 5-0 is awesome. I love it. This team is good. I really love everything going on this year. With that said, wow. Um, all seven of these last games are going to be tougher than all but two of the Miami and Nebraska games. It's... Yeah, it'll be a reality check. Now, don't get me wrong. I still think that the standard should be eight wins here, maybe even nine wins. But no, do I think Indy? No. No, but I have had this conversation with myself this week. This deviates from uh, your question, Evan. But I've had having back and forth conversations with myself. When will I start to believe that this team can make it to Indy? And I have these conversations with myself, uh, both seven beers deep on a Saturday as I'm watching Michigan State beat West Kentucky. And I also have it in a clear state of mind, um, which contrary to popular belief, yes, I, I do live like that Monday through Thursday for the most part. It, I will I will start to believe that this team can make it to Indy if they are up two touchdowns and undefeated at Columbus. That is when I'll really start to let myself believe that, holy smokes, this team can really go to Indy. I mean... A lot of, lot of hoops to jump through. Michigan's going to be a good contest. I mean, just road games are road games, man. You've seen it all over the country, as you do every year. It doesn't matter how high you're ranked or how good you are. You can get snake bit on the road any given time. So I guess that's just a long way of saying, no, I don't think that this team is indie bound. But, hey, I, I'm not going to harsh anyone's vibe for thinking that, baby. 5-0 is 5-0. Ranked 11 in the country is ranked 11 in the country. But, pff, yeah, about, about half time of the Ohio State game is uh, – where you'll get me believing if uh, they get to that point. All right, on the other side of this break, guys, we have Aaron Brightman of On the Banks here to spill some knowledge about Rutgers football on us. Really good conversation with him. But first, I need to talk to you about sweat block wipes. That's right, sweat block wipes, baby. If you're like me, you will be sweating this Saturday. Oh, oh wait. No, I won't because I use sweat block wipes, baby. That's right. You give it the old swipe under the armpits on Monday and seven days of protection that is right i will not i will not be sweating during this game i'll be nervous i'll be my normal anxiety world self but mm, perspiration not gonna be an issue here thanks to sweat block wipes we're talking about the doctor created doctor recommended product with the dry shirt guarantee that's right if sweat block doesn't keep you dry you get your hard-earned money back guys if you don't believe me how about you believe the 13,000 reviews left for them on Amazon as they have been a bestseller on Amazon for the last 10 years and currently sit as the number one 
antiperspirant on Amazon. And I like to throw this in here as well. Manufactured in the good old US of A, baby. So go to sweatblock.com, smash in promo code locked on. That's all one word. And you will get 20% off your order at sweatblock.com. I'll say it one more time sweatblock.com, promo code locked on. That's going to save you 20% off of your sweatblock products, baby. On the horn is a man who is uh, hoping once again for seven turnovers from the Michigan State Spartans coming up this Saturday. Yes, I am talking about Aaron Brightman, managing editor of On the Banks of Rutgers SB Nation fan blog status. Aaron, how on earth are you doing, man? You doing okay? Pretty good, man. Thanks so much for having me. Appreciate it. Yeah, no doubt. I appreciate you hopping on to uh, educate us about the Rutgers Scarlet Knights coming up here. Um, you know, as I like to do with a lot of guests, let's just start on the worst note possible. Let me bring up last week's game, and uh, it did not go great for, for Rutgers here. So where – give me the temperature check of Rutgers fans right now. Like, where do you guys stand? Was it more of a, uh-oh, we're in big trouble this season, or was it more of a, well, damn, OSU is just that good? I mean, where, where are you guys at right now after that game? Yeah, I would say, uh, to put it mildly, all over the place. Uh, I think, yeah. you know – uh, where Rutgers has been, obviously, you know, uh, before Shiano returned, uh, it was, a, you know, just horrible, horrible years. I used to call it joyless football. And sure. I think, you know, even before the Ash era, I mean, going as far back as the Terry Shea era, uh, the end of the 90s, I mean, we, we've seen some really, really terrible uh, eras and tenures uh, from different coaches. And, you know, I think the fan base in general, to be honest, is scarred. And um, any bit of goodness or positive, uh, you know, forward motion is kind of, uh, you know, embraced in a way that's probably, you know, an overreaction. So then when you get a negative kind of pushback or a two-step, you know, one step forward, two steps back, it's always met with a bit of overreaction on that end as well. So, uh, I mean, yeah, if you look at it for what it was, we know Rutgers isn't close to Ohio State from a talent or depth perspective. And really, at the end of the day, the final score doesn't matter. Um, you know, I think that the coaching staff hurt, them, hurt the team a little bit in the beginning with some of their over-aggressive play calling, and it just snowballed from there, as you know, against a team like Ohio State. Things can unravel pretty quickly. They had a couple of players leave injured in the first quarter, and it was just a disaster first, uh, first quarter of that game, and they just could never recover. In the grand scheme of things, it really doesn't mean anything. Uh, you know, you can put a lot more stock into how they played at Michigan in that second half in particular. Um, you know, it was, it was one of the more inspiring defensive performances we've seen in, in years at Rutgers. And uh, offensively, they were able to do some things as well. So, um, you know, if, if obviously, uh, you know, the first half against Michigan wasn't great. But overall, listen, they went to the big house and they hung in. So um, there, if you look at the rest of the schedule, the Big Ten is much closer, you know, in, in uh, talent, depth, and style to Michigan than they are Ohio State. So from that regard, you know, I think the, the, the possibility that the path to a bowl game, which going into this season would have been, you know, the highest of expectations, I think is very attainable still. And kind of go along with that Michigan game in uh, correlation with the Ohio State game. What, what positives did you guys see in the Michigan game that you did not see in the Ohio State game? Well, I mean, the, the most impressive thing was the, the defense holding Michigan the four consecutive three and outs to start the second half. Uh, you know, we, we hadn't seen that kind of dominance in a long time. Uh, you know, Michigan came into that game leading the country in rushing, obviously all against non-conference competition. But Rutgers has struggled uh, defending the run for, for a very long time. 
uh, it was a huge Achilles heel last year. And um, they, they were able to shut down Michigan in that game. They outrushed Michigan in that game. Uh, they were able to – they got more first downs. They converted better. Um, you know, it was – they were able to move the ball in Michigan. I mean, if you, if you take away the context of it being Rutgers uh, against Michigan, you, you would look at that and say, Rutgers blew it. They should have won that game. They had the ball three times in the fourth quarter, uh, with drives and a chance to – to tie or take the lead, and they weren't able to do so. And I think, obviously, that's part of rebuilding and the process of learning how to win, uh, and that's understandable. But at the same time, I mean, they, they played well enough to, to win that game. They, they beat Michigan at their own game in that second half, and I think that, obviously, is a, is a huge positive and something they've, you know, obviously last year they took them to triple overtime, but as you know, it was, it was definitely a Michigan team that was missing a lot of guys. Uh, not the same level of, of roster, I think, that Michigan has right now. Right on. And also, like last year, I mean, it was a fine year for Greg Schiano and his return to Rutgers. Some might even say uh, probably surprisingly somewhat good last year. But is there anything missing that you guys don't have this year that you thought would carry over from last season? Or I guess what's been the most underwhelming part of your guys' season so far? Well, I think, you know, uh, the offense has struggled. I think last okay. year, you know, the, the offense was historically bad. Uh, prior to Shiano and offensive coordinator Sean Gleason coming in, uh, and they had you know pretty much unprecedented success last season. It was the best offensive performance uh, that they had uh, since joining the Big Ten. They averaged almost 27 points a game. Uh, they, they really were able to just create uh, some results on offense that we did not expect at all. And you haven't seen that so far this season. They've really, you know, struggled against Power 5 competition, three games, which includes the Syracuse win. They've averaged, you know, 14 points a game. So uh, a lot more pedestrian. Um, The offensive line has been a problem, as it was last year. They continue to mix and match, which is obviously a problem uh, this far into the season. And I think that, you know, uh, they need to be able to establish a run on a consistent basis, and they haven't been able to do that. So, um, you know, offense is certainly a concern. I think the defense has improved from last year, but the offense is, is, is taking a step back. And now I'll brighten the mood here. Uh, on the contrary, what's been the biggest pleasant surprise for you guys this season? Well, I, I think how, how well the defense has performed. Obviously, they didn't do well against Ohio State, um, but I think that, you know, they, they were put in a bad position. You know, the first, the first drive of the game, Rutgers got it to the 50, uh, and then the staff, you know, took a huge risk and, and uh, did a fake punt. Uh, it didn't work. Ohio State got it in Rutgers territory, and I just thought that that was a huge mistake in the game, uh, putting, you know, rather than uh, they had to lead, led the country in net punt, uh, yardage uh, with Adam Korzak, who's one of the best punters in the country, pin mm-hmm. Ohio State back and just make them go the length of the field. Even though we know they probably would have or could have, um, I think you got to make them do it. And giving them a short field to start the game, Ohio State scored on the second play from scrimmage, and it was just uh, downhill from there. But overall, the defense has performed really well. Sorry. Kind of go along with that aggressive play style. I, you know, okay, it seemed like Shiano was playing to win, definitely, almost to a fault there at the beginning. But is that kind of how Rutgers has been all season? Like, are they pretty aggressive in their play calling? I mean, I'm not saying fake punt all the time, but whether it be like fourth downs, like are they aggressive or how aggressive is this coaching yeah. staff when they're calling the game? Yeah, no, absolutely. They, they are. And, you know, it is refreshing, um, especially with the Chris yeah. Ash era. You know, it was, uh, the, we, we, we were broke, grew tired of the surrender punt. Um, Rutgers <laughs> leads the Big Ten in 18 uh, fourth down uh, attempts. Uh, I think that's by far, like at least five or six more than the next team. Uh, they, they've, they've done okay. They've converted about 50% of them. 
But, uh, yeah, no, it, it's not just tri- – you know, last year was much more trick plays. They've done some of that this year, but this year has been more risk-taking. Um, you know, at, at Michigan, which cost them at the end of the first half, they went forward on fourth and ten. Uh, Michigan ended up kicking a field goal right before the half, which ended up hurting them. But, you know, it's, it's, it's great to see them take risks, but i actually been uh, – you know, part of my concern right now is that, you know, I think against Michigan they were actually outsmarted themselves, where I think they thought – they needed to take more risks and call more trick plays where they actually were able to stand up man-to-man, uh, you know, and, and play it straight against Michigan and still be able to play with them. Uh, obviously, Ohio State, you're not going to be able to do that. You know, it's, it's commendable that they, they knew they couldn't just play it straight against them. But now that we're moving forward, you know, uh, Michigan State, I expect them to stay aggressive, um, of course. Uh, and they will stay aggressive, but they also, I think, need to, to be very calculated in when they do it uh, and be a little bit more smart about it uh, because you don't want to put your team in a hole against, you know, uh, especially when they start playing, you know, Illinois, Northwestern, teams that, you know, I think they, they definitely could beat if they play uh, well enough. Uh, you know, you don't want to put your team in a hole being over-aggressive. But overall, Rutgers, yeah, they're, they're going to play to win, and I think, you know, it gives their team confidence that the, the staff is, is willing to do that. We will be back in a hot second with our guy, Aaron, but first need to talk to you fine folks about Rock Auto. That's right, Rock Auto. With the ever-increasing numbers of makes and models, it is now impossible for your local chain auto parts store to stock all the parts you need. Why would you endure often seemingly intimidating questioning like, oh, does your Bonneville need a, a, Boon, a Booneville? I don't know. I, I'm, I'm starting to lose it. Uh, I'm not a car part person, guys, as you know. Um, but you know what? The fine folks at Rock Auto are. Yes, that's right. RockAuto.com will take care of you. Why would you choose to spend 30, 50, even 100% more for the same parts from a chain store or car dealership? You would only do it if you were a ginormous clown. Here, here. Rock Auto, like I said, family business. Do it yourselfers for over 20 years, and their prices are reliably low for every single customer. They have everything you need from brake parts, tail lamps, motor oil, even new carpet, and gas pedals. So go to rockauto.com right now and see all the parts available for your car or truck right locked on in there. How'd you hear about us, Box? So they know that we sent you. Amazing selection, reliably low prices, all the parts your car will ever need. That's rockauto.com. And this is betonline.ag. That's right, guys. Bet online. We are back. We are better than ever as all eyes are on the gridiron as teams are back on the field for another football season. Woohoo, yeah. As always, Bet Online is your number one spot for all the pro and college football action this fall. With a new updated site and interface, even more odds, props, and contests, mm-hmm. Bet Online continues to be the number one source for everything football. Head to the website, use your mobile device, sign up today to receive your 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. But make sure you use promo code LOCKEDON. One word, LOCKEDON, to unlock that 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. From football to basketball to boxing right to your favorite Vegas casino games, don't wait to take advantage of all the amazing offers available for the 2021 season. BetOnline is the fastest and easiest way to bet on all your favorite sports. That's BetOnline.ag, where the game begins. And this is our conversation with Aaron Brightman of On the Banks. 
And just to steer the conversation more towards specific position groups for you guys, uh, I'll start in the defensive secondary. Uh, defensive back Najee Jones, if I'm saying that name right, he'll be out yep. in the first half due to a eh, ticky-tack targeting call, kind of like what we also got as state fans against West Kentucky last week, but I digress. Uh, starter Max Melton and backup Chris Lawn have also been suspended due to a paintball gun incident. So I, this is a two-part question here. Any idea of those two guys suspended? Is their suspension up anytime soon, or is there any clarity around that? And if not, how much of a concern is the defensive secondary heading into this game? Yeah, it's definitely a concern. Um, you know, depth overall with the team. I mean, Rutgers had probably, has probably the best two deep coming into this year that they've had in many years. But gotcha. the problem is they have very little talent. Uh, I wouldn't say talent, but very little experience behind that two deep. And the secondary has been a, a group that's already been exposed. Um, Max Mountain and, and Chris Long will, you know, I'd be shocked if they play this week. Um, okay. You know, Shiano hasn't specifically addressed it, but more or less the thought is that, you know, they're going to be out for some time. There was no, uh, you know, timeline announced with the suspension. Their, their court hearing is in early November, and the thought is they probably won't make a decision until that happens. Um, you know, and then also, yeah, Najee Jones, he is a backup, but he does play. Uh, he's, he's been a positive factor this year. He's going to, you know, won't be able to play until the second half, but you have, um, you know, there's, there's safety duo of Christian Eisen and, um, uh, Trey, excuse me, Avery Young have, have been really, really good this year. Avery Young moved from cornerback to safety and, and they, they've really, uh, figured things out, I think. And they're one of the better safety duos in the, in the conference. Um, and then a cornerback, you know, you've had Kassan Abraham step up in Melton's absence. He's done a really good job. Uh, and then Patrice Renee is a transfer from North Carolina who missed the first three games due to injury. And he's, he's just kind of working back in a form, but he's a good player as well. So uh, Trey Avery is on the other side. Rutgers likes to play five uh, uh, defensive backs. Uh, and two linebackers most of the time. So uh, certainly depth is, is, is a concern there. They've worked a couple of younger guys in. Elijah Clark's a four-star that's seen a little bit of time. Uh, I'm not sure how much he'll play in this game. But Max Mountain was, you know, making a ton of plays for them in the secondary. It's a huge loss. He's not there. But overall, I'd say the secondary group's done a good job. But, of course, you know, against Michigan State, uh, they really need to limit the big plays. And, uh, and, and their coverage, what happened against Ohio State is just way too many open – receivers in open space and obviously they got to cut back on that against the Spartans and switching sides of the the field here uh let's go to the offense now I noticed in the box score last week that there were uh, three quarterbacks that threw at least five passes last game now is this still Noah Vedrill's job or is there a chance that Cole Snyder or Evan Simon get the start or is Vedrill's leash a little shorter now like how do you read that whole situation going on yeah I, th- I think Vedrill is definitely you know it's his team uh, he's the starter. I, you know, could they work in Cole Snyder a little bit? It's possible. Um, you know, I, I thought he looked good, but you know, it was an Ohio State's second and third stringers. This you know could start on a lot of teams, but I think the circumstance, you know, there was a no pressure situation. It's a lot different way, uh, and you know, Ohio State will let you make completions uh, and just look to tackle you. So. You know, I, I thought he was fine, but I, it's, it's Vedrill's team. Uh, you know, he's a captain. The, the, he's, you know, the team really uh, trusts him. And I think, you know, he, he's – listen, that was by far his worst game. He hadn't thrown an interception before Ohio State. He made a lot of really clutch, uh, tight-windowed passes against Michigan. Uh, it was just one of those things that snowballed on him, and I think, you know, it's a fresh start against Michigan State. Um, they do use Johnny Langan. Uh, you know, he kind of has his own package. He'll come in on fourth and short and run the ball, or he'll kind of do some trickery there a little bit with him. Um, but overall, I think it's Vedrill's game, and I think unless, you know, he really comes out and 
you know, sinks it up early on with a couple of picks. I think I think it's it's certainly his game to to win or lose. And really quick before we get to a prediction, if you have one, uh, anyone besides Aaron Cruikshank on offense that should keep me up at night because he he's enough to worry about alone. But is there another offensive weapon that has really uh, got your attention as well this season? Well, Cruikshank's been great. Uh, Bo Melton is their best player. Uh, he left the Ohio State game in the first quarter uh, with a shoulder injury. We don't have an update on him. Uh, and, you know, he is still listed on the depth chart. Uh, Shiano, you know, is very coy with injuries. Um, but, uh, you know, it's a good thing he hasn't been, de- hasn't been declared out long term. Um, but I'm not too confident he's going to play. And that's a big loss for them. He's their best playmaker. They use him in a variety of ways. Uh, Crookshank certainly, you know, especially in the middle of the field. I think Rutgers should do a better job of, of getting the ball in the middle of the field uh, and, and getting guys in open space uh, rather than just throw kind of straight, you know, with, with button hooks and, and, and things like that. I think, you know, Michigan State, they, they need to, to move people around and, and, and get guys with speed the ball. And I think um, Crookshank is definitely a guy. Shameen Jones is a receiver that had some good games last year that hasn't really gotten on track this year that I think when Melton potentially out really has to have a big game. But another guy that's kind of come out of nowhere is Brandon Sanders. He's actually a transfer from Bucknell. He's had a couple of good games in a row now, uh, and he could be a factor as well. But, yeah, Crookshank, you know, I, I, I laugh for Wisconsin. You know, I, I could imagine they could, use, could have used a guy like him, and he's just been unbelievable for Rutgers and, and hopefully has a big game uh, on Saturday. Man, the more I'm talking to you, the more similar our programs seem right now. Like both two, the four-two defense, both have quarterbacks that usually are pretty safe and smart with the ball. Both coaches don't like to talk about injuries, and both coaches, of course, use chop, as uh, I'm sure you know. So look at this. Look at the similarities here that I'm sure all fan bases are getting together on and shaking hands over. Um, do you have a prediction <laughs> for this game between these closely matched teams? Uh, by the way, I know it's early in the week for tr- full transparency. This interview is going on Tuesday, so it is early in the week. But do you have one? It is early, and I've I've been going back and forth on it, and I completely agree with you about the similarities between the two programs. Uh, you know, I I think maybe there's more similarities than some Michigan State fans care to admit. Uh, obviously, sure. you know, as far as it's been, it's been a great program overall. Uh, you know, I, I um, but I I think that yeah, both the styles, the programs, the way they want to play, uh, what they need to do to be successful. You know, limit mistakes, penalties, turnovers, special teams play. Uh, I, you know, I, I think Rutgers, you know, they're, they're not going to make a ton of big plays to beat somebody. They, they need to ball control, time of possession, um, you know, sustain drives. Uh, and, and I think, you know, listen, I, I, I think Mel Rutgers done Rutgers a favor, to be honest with you, because I think, you know, uh, obviously Rutgers won that game last year. They're not going to win it the same mm-hmm. way with seven takeaways. No way. Um, but I think, you know, Mel Tucker has made this a bigger game than it would have been going into it. And I think, you know, Shiano, is, he's a master strategist and, and kind of motivational speaker. And I think he's going to have these guys really fired up for this game. It's homecoming at Rutgers. You know, they're, they're, I think there's no better game for them to play after, um, you know, getting, getting, licking their wounds against Ohio State. I think, you know, there are some depth concerns there. But overall, I think they're going to respond well. And I, I, I think it's going to be an extremely close game. It obviously, I think, could go either way. But I'm going to pick, uh, you know, I'm going to pick at Rutgers 24-23. Well, there you have it. Hey, well, you know, close game. That's, I think what everyone can expect <laughs> coming up here. Um, well, Aaron, this has been awesome. Well, except the prediction. I didn't like that so much. But, hey, other than that, love this, man. Thanks a lot for uh, talking and shining some light on the uh, Rutgers Scarlet Knights program. And uh, where, where can the fine people uh, find you on, on social media? Uh, thanks so much for having me. Uh, it's uh 
I uh, write for On the Bank, so it's OTB underscore SB Nation. Uh, on Twitter, it's Aaron, A-A-R-O-N underscore Brightman, B-R-E-I-T-M-A-N on Twitter, uh, and uh, on the banks.com. Love it. Yeah, you guys do awesome work on the banks, by the way, and especially not just, you know, highlighting the football and basketballs of the world, but you guys get into it all there. Man, you guys are you guys are busy people over on the banks. Whew. Well, we're Rutgers fans. You know, anything positive we have to talk about, we have to talk about because we haven't had anything positive to talk about in a long time. So I try to, you know, I don't care what sport it is. If Rutgers wins in it, we're talking about it. And a huge thanks to uh, Aaron Brightman for chatting it up. Uh, also, I returned the favor as well. It was a little home-and-home home thing we did. Uh, I was on their podcast, on the On the Banks podcast as well. And speaking of more podcasts, um, check out Locked on Big Ten with Nate Dickinson. I mean, the guy's got the whole conference covered. It's sensational. I will be on Friday's episode, as I usually am. So, uh, But speaking of Friday shows, uh, Friday on this year's show, Locked on Spartans, it is, uh, yeah, do you know what? I'm going to surprise you here. It's going to be more talk of the Rutgers-MSU game. I'll go over keys to the game, what we want to see, and you already know what it is. I'll, I'll, we'll just be doing best bets with a special guest, though. That's right. If you're uh, on Twitter at all and if you were hip to uh, some 11-leg parlays hit by a certain member of MSU Twitter, uh, well, you'll be hearing from him on Friday's show. So, yeah, a lot of, uh, a lot of good stuff still to come in this week. Once again, guys, thank you so much for making Lockdown Spartans your first listen. And just like I said, go catch uh, Lockdown Big Ten with our guy Nate Dickinson. All right, man. Well, last but not least, make sure you have a good Thursday. Hey, let's go. Go Green.